0: Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks.
1: Ace Podcast.
0: The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time
2: a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1.
0: On today's episode, thoughts on Blade Runner 2049, the new Justice League trailer, When is the time to call it quits for a TV series, is there enough gameplay in video game trailers, And are you ready to get on the Star Wars hype train? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another edition of the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today and first off before we get into anything we want to thank you the listeners so much because you once again have made us for 8 months now in a row the number one show on the podcast radio network every Monday night 10:30 p.m. Eastern 7:30 p.m. Pacific. We've got a great show lined up for you today and who is here to help me just weed out all the pop culture stuff that's going on? He is the man to myth the legend. He is the lead driver of Humanic Media. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend?
3: Hey, man. Hey, so I'm the lead driver, but uh, I sometimes feel like we're the pit crew for Pop Culture Cosmos. So
0: <laughs> there you go. And Humanity Media. Don't forget that. So because we're always, you know, like changing a tire or when something goes down here, we have to fix that and whatnot. But we're always trying to keep Humanity Media and Pop Culture Cosmos finely tuned to be able to go ahead and and uh, finish that race. But we've got a great show here today. We've got Rob McCallum from Nintendo Quest and robmccallumfilms.com. He is standing by with uh, another great episode. In fact, two great subjects to talk about on this episode of Cosmic Crossfire. Also as well, we've got Tyler Baker. He is stopping by with his thoughts from week five in the NFL. But Josh, just got your hands on the Justice League trailer just came out it, it hopefully sheds more light on what's going on within the justice league movie it's still to me a little bit dark uh you know it keeps that dark theme going i'm not sure i'm in love with that when they try to keep be all peppy and tell each other jokes and try to be all funny and witty and light and yet the, it's just so dark and gloomy all around them uh, i it the contrast i'm not i'm not kind of feeling it but it, it's still kind of like a hard sell for me but your thoughts now that you've seen the Justice League trailer, which debuted this weekend at the New York Comic Con.
3: I think it looks good. It's It seems like it has a new kind of attitude to it, kind of like, so, you know, they, they obviously turned a corner with Wonder Woman, and it seems like they're taking what they learned from Wonder Woman and applying it to the bigger realm of superheroes that they've created. And I think it, I don't so much think that it's the, the tone is changing. I think that it's having to adapt to these new characters that are uh, being thrown in there so you have like the flash who you know obviously he's known for making jokes and you have aquaman who's just this uh, apparently he's going to be like a you know just a guy who loves to blow things up and stuff so he's like he's like the wild card in all
0: this situation
3: correct as far as right the- Right. So I, I think obviously you're going to have the dynamics going to be different with these two characters on there. It'd be like if we took a, you know, in the Marvel universe, you have your more serious superheroes and then you just threw Deadpool into the mix. Obviously, there's going to be like some comedy and hijinks and stuff. And it, it's it's a it's a refreshing thing. I just hope that they didn't show all the good parts in the trailer is kind of my my concern there, because Warner Brothers has a habit of doing that. But, you know, what do what do you think of it?
0: Well, I think, like I said, I just, I'm just—I'm not sure about that contrast. It's because it's still really dark and gloomy, uh, and and just the sheer balance of it. I'm not sure if I'm—I'm I'm totally vibing into it yet. Uh, I'm still want to know more, and I still want to be able to to understand what's going on within that universe with dark seed and all that. But I, uh, maybe I'm a little, a little bit warming up to it just a little bit, but. Also, I also want to ask, uh, you know, as far as the whole parameters with the Justice League, uh, where does Cyborg come into place? Because he really wasn't shown a presence in this latest Justice League trailer. It was mainly Aquaman, you know, yelling and screaming throughout the whole thing.
3: Yeah. So Cyborg's kind of the wild card of the group. I think they're, they're trying to kind of save, like, his, his storyline and what's going on with him, where he's going for the actual movie. Because obviously, you know, you you think one, uh, you know, you think the Justice League. You're gonna think of the Flash, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. But Cyborg's kind of like he was he was in the Justice League, but he was sort of made popular in mainstream media by Teen Titans. So it's kind of cool that they're keeping that a little bit close to the belt. Obviously, we know he has some dialogue with Batman and Alfred and stuff. So it's uh, I think that of all the characters, like his story is probably going to be the darkest. Because I don't know if you remember in the. Uh, is either the trailer, the original trailer for Justice League, or it was the one of the files on Batman versus Superman? But like he, you know that that cube started taking over, him and he's like screaming in agonizing pain. So I think there's a there's a backstory there that they're going to give us, but they want to surprise us with it. And I hope that it's 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 worth the wait. And I, I you know I'm being told that Joss Whedon did a good job with it, and so so far it's it's been screening well with people. So. Let's uh, you know. Let's hope that they got something, uh, something good in store for us. And you know, as for like the tone, the, the grittiness of it, like I always, I don't like. I, I like that. Like I don't, you know, I like having being able to go to you know see a Marvel movie, and be able to laugh and joke around with it, and then going to see a, a DC movie and being like, okay, you know, that's that's it's it's a little bit different toned. So, you know, we'll have to see. I just I'm you know my big my big thing is you know the a lot of DC or Warner Brothers has been making a lot of comments lately about how they're not like, you know, they're making all these different films and not all of them are tying into the, you know, the greater story at large. And I just, I don't, I'm not down for that because I feel like watching these movies is all going to be a big waste of time if they don't tie everything together.
0: Maybe- audiences will be more likely to go ahead and be more receptive of this justice league and of this gc universe because it seems like they're trying to provide a little bit lighter tone within what they have in the
3: past yeah i mean it obviously they're listening to feedback from people yeah let's let's hope that it's it's something that kind of changes the game and keeps the goodwill of wonder woman going and at the same time shows us something new without kind of pissing off fans so it's so far, so good. I just hope that you know November doesn't roll around and we regret saying that.
0: If you have any thoughts on the latest Justice League trailer, just please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, Humanity Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. We've got to cover a little movie that debuted at the box office this weekend called Blade Runner 2049. The good and the bad, and I, I, I'm going to just tell you straight as is because I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. I'm kind of disappointed that it did not get the commercial success that I feel it deserves. Unfortunately, uh, whatever, for whatever reason, since people did not come and see it in, in the uh, amount that was projected and was hoped for, it looks to be right around $31 million domestically. Hopefully, it will garner over $100 million worldwide in its first week. But still, not quite the numbers that, that you want to see going forward. Uh, hopefully, it will have some legs. It's uh, The cinema scores A-. And obviously, the, the great reviews provided by critics all over the place that have hailed it as a great film and possibly even an Oscar contender come at the end of the year. I myself have reviewed it. I've seen the movie. I saw it on IMAX, which is probably the best way to view it. If you want to catch my full review, it's on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So, Josh, I know you are going to see it Monday night. So, better put on those earphones, la 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 la, la because I'm going to be able to la, la,
3: la. muting now.
0: Muting now, indeed. He's been preparing to do that because he couldn't get a chance to see it over the weekend. But he, uh, when he does, I think he will be very pleased with the result because Blade Runner 2049 is, at this point in time, the best movie of the year. I think it's for visually, it's just an outstanding film to watch. The musical score that, that accompanies it is just tremendous by Hans Zimmer as well. Cinematography, just all across the board, it just truly is an amazing film to watch. And I don't wanna to go too much into spoilers because I, I know there's there's so much talk about about releasing spoilers and releasing information for this film. I know that people in the the, the, the movie and journalistic industry have, have said that Warner Brothers and the, the studio's reluctance and Alcon Entertainment, their reluctance to release more information in the film may have prevented people from coming in to see it in, in the theaters. Maybe the runtime may have been a little bit too long. I will say this, it is two hours and 45 minutes. I think it would have been better served it if it was 10% less, but 90% of the movie is absolutely by far and away the best movie of the year. 10% may have, you know, could have been sliced out of there, and you would have had a much tighter, even more awesome movie. But still, what you have there is truly an incredible feast for the eyes and the ears. Very influential story on how it intertwines with the original movie from 1982. To see Blade Runner in order to go ahead and enjoy Blade Runner 2049, it does help. I will tell you that. The story where, where Ryan Gosling as Agent K goes ahead and, and is in, involved in an investigation that could really just undermine or, or break the fragile existence between humans and the replicants that are androids uh, that were, are created for the most part now, by by Jared Leto's character Wallace and the Wallace Corporation, I will tell you this: where the investigation goes, uh, peaks and valleys, whatnot. It's it's very very interesting to follow. For me, I I didn't find any real bad points at all in the film. I just thought saw some extra fat that I think could have been chopped off. There were some scenes maybe that were not needed. You know, in retrospect, I think some of the scenes could have been left out, of, and like I said, the film would have been much better for it. But I tell you what, if uh, for those who have not seen anything prior in the Blade Runner universe, you're still going to be able to enjoy this film on a on a visual and, and definitely an uh, audio basis. But I tell you what, like I said, it is still for virtually all the movie far and away the best movie of the year, and. Check out my review, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, and hopefully you get a better idea why Blade Runner 2049 is the best film so far of 2017. You can come back now. Can I tell you or not if if it's a great movie? Sure. It's a great movie.
3: All right, that's, that's, that's all I need to hear.
0: What are your thoughts on Blade Runner 2049? It could have a long life because it is a very highly rated movie and it's also great word-of-mouth still going on it at, at this point So I'm hopeful that it will find a life in the theaters because I think that's the best way to see it in this case because it's so beautiful to watch and so great to listen to so share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos Humanity media and also game source on Facebook and Twitter as well you've got a great show lined up for you today once like I said earlier rob mccallum from rob mccallum films he's on deck with the cosmic crossfire tyler baker coming up with a recap of week five in the nfl for fantasy owners and then josh and i going to talk a big week for star wars and it's already started in more ways than one and we're going to share our thoughts on that as well but first we've got chad smith from Hyperschmidt. this is fighting eyes and this is pop culture cosmos
3: Stronger. I'm living without a doubt. And I can wait another minute longer. Do you know what you are talking about? Cause I think you couldn't get much stronger. I'm living without a doubt. I know all your
4: followers begin to wonder. Get up, we'll fight. Oh They will know.
5: I can see that, look in your eye Now you know that
3: I found my purpose Now I've got this fire inside my head But stuck in the clouds of thunder All the traps you find by the light Now all your followers begin to wonder Get up, we'll fight The darkness right beside you day and
5: day
1: listening to the pop culture cosmos get ready for box art a gaming docuseries from pyre productions and rob mccallum films If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series, Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Box Art arrives this year, just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum and Pyre Productions.
0: And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. I am here again with my good friend. He is the man amid the legend behind Nintendo Quest. Also as well, he works as far as being a main cog with Tiny Titan Studios, by the way, which has great games, including Dash Quest and also as well, Tiny Rails on mobile free of charge and also Tiny Rails on Steam for $9.99. And again, if you want to know about all of Rob McCallum's projects, all of his great films and how you can get a chance to watch them, see them, and then also learn more about them, check out robmccallumfilms.com or robmccallumfilms on Facebook. So Rob, as always on the Cosmic Crossfire, it's your turn to take command of the ship. So what's going on in the world
1: of pop culture? Stranger Things. This is a series that's coming back for uh, Season 2, Halloween weekend, Friday, October 27th, from what I understand. And I recently read a headline that said, Stranger Things may last through five seasons. That's a lot of TV. And it got me thinking, what is the right amount of television before a show runs its course? We just got treated to Game of Thrones Season 7 Part 1. We saw Sopranos go through, I think, what, six seasons, part one and two. We've seen Downton Abbey, I think, go through eight or nine seasons. We saw Breaking Bad stop at five. Um, 24 had a bunch of seasons. Like, where? what is this magic formula, do you think, for how many seasons a show should have? Well, I just think it comes up to how long can you
0: come up with creative – solutions and excellent writing for these shows i mean some some are basically set up better than others uh one like stranger things five years is probably very good you know to say hey you know what five years and then we'll call today uh because they're not what they're 12 episodes or is it 20. i think it's 10. It's 10 so that's only 50 episodes that's not a whole lot obviously comparative they're not obviously going for really any type of syndication thing or whatnot because as you and i both know when it comes to television depending on the network certain number hits as far as a show is concerned that they'll be eligible for syndication which can gain it a new life beyond the existence of the actual series taking place so i think five is a great number for 60 episodes for Stranger Things. I think you can keep come up with a, a great byline and through line for the series, especially you know, there's referencing all the 80s stuff that's going on and possibly even generating into the early 90s if you want. So uh, I think that's a good number there. Game of Thrones, I think that that's awesome that they're going to understand that they're getting out while they're get, while they're still hot, very much so. Uh The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead may have worn out its welcome with a lot of fans. It's all over the place, depending on the year. People seem to love it, and then they seem to hate it, and then they seem to love it again. Right now, people are kind of turned off as far as what's going on. So I think The Walking Dead may have worn out its welcome a little bit. But like I said, it's all gauged on on exactly how many years, how quality is writing. South Park and The Simpsons. I mean, Simpsons going on 30 years, and it still finds, at some points in time, ways to still entertain and entertain highly and same goes for south park although sometimes it comes
1: off quite the opposite i think definitely the concept uh will dictate how long a show should go on but more and more i'm of the ilk that the fewer seasons the better For something like stranger things i don't know how believable it is that whatever's going on is going on for five years in this town with these kids and like the bigger world at large doesn't know about it. You know, like it starts to get a little far-fetched because I believe season two is basically a year later. So maybe every season is a different year. Now, we don't know that for sure. Maybe it's just between season one and two that there's a gap. And they haven't confirmed five seasons yet. It's just what some speculation is based, I think, on contracts for the actors and, and what's being tied up. But I thought it was really smart at Breaking Bad, for instance, to stop at five seasons and not to do, you know, a sixth or seventh or eighth. Seinfeld as well. You know, Seinfeld, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, stopped after nine seasons when Jerry Seinfeld himself was offered $5 million an episode to do a tenth season. And he turned it down. Well, you and I have both spoken about Disney and its limitation on its series. Yeah, we talked about Star Wars Rebels for for example, how they always do four, or at least all the Star Wars series. That's do pretty four. much
0: that, that's pretty much coincides with everything Disney on TV.
1: I think part of that though is because they're aiming at kids; they try to get them from that eight to twelve range, and they feel that kids grow up above and beyond that. Like it's such a finite window for that. When we're talking about adults, something like Breaking Bad, you can get into probably at college age, and you can watch it until you know whenever. I don't think there's really a cap on that window, but Disney animated things that are selling action figures eight to 12, right? Like it's, it's super finite. So four years, makes a lot of sense for that. Again, stranger things, five years. I don't know that I buy it. I would love to see a nice tight three seasons for that and just done really, really well. I'm getting more to the point where I like video games in the same way, a nice 10 to maybe 15 hours max experience. That's memorable quality, not quantity. Don't give me the filler episodes. And this is the problem I have with network TV and a lot of other people agree. Most people would prefer the the 10 to 12 or 13 episodes of an HBO or Showtime versus the 22 to 24 episodes of a CBS or a CW or an ABC because they know it's quality versus quantity. I think it's stuff like The Flash or Smallville was was a perfect example where they would have a lot of like filler episodes. They'd have a great A-story episode followed by three filler episodes that were self-contained stories with one little line at the end that helped advance the overall season plot and arc before they did another big a story episode that pushed it down the, the hill a lot more when you're dealing with 10 to 12 episodes or 13 depending on the series it's a lot easier to get that a story moving really fast and and tackle stuff now to be honest flash on cw does a really good job of moving stuff forward fast they don't uh, no pun intended they don't really sit back and let things collect for the for the sake of a more diverting attention while something else is going on in the background their subplots and and their minor themes are always getting explored really fast and really well so kudos to them but i really like the idea of shorter seasons wrapping these kind of things up i can't really think of a i can't really think of a show that i would love to see go on further than it really did i can't think of something that ended too soon can you that's a good question
0: where you really want more. I think if any maybe Game of Thrones might will you know might might come across that barrier where it will leave many people wanting more. But then I'm I'm kind of concerned the fact that they want all these predecessor shows that they're going to put in its place that will make me think, well, why didn't you just do this in the Game of Thrones in the first place?
3: So,
1: yeah, I haven't caught up on season 7 yet. I'm it's on deck. I'm just trying to get some work out of the way. But I felt like season five was that tipping point for me where it's like, okay, and then season six, I was not as hooked into it as I was the first four seasons. So at this point, season seven, part one, part two, I'm, I'm watching to finish it, but not because I feel like I can't wait to see more storytelling.
0: But they like you said, they don't do 22 episodes, so that's why it's more
1: meaningful when you watch them. When you do watch them, but still, I think they've already reached their, their saturation point by the end of the fourth season. It was, it was on a high in the fifth season. It really started to kind of like, eh, okay, it's a bit much. And that's also when we started to see characters that we didn't revisit again. We saw, I think it was uh, Braum, we didn't see him for an entire season until I think the sixth season when he came back because of the way the filming worked and stuff like that. So when you start having too many characters to follow and the names and the places and the stories become convoluted, that's when you've got a little too much going on and you start to lose retention in the show.
0: Well, I think there maybe some series that were canceled prematurely. Obviously, Firefly is probably the most prominent that comes to mind as far as a series that had so much more life into it. They made the movie, obviously... That succeeded it, and they're, but there's still fans that want more out of that series that, that they're always reconsidering,
1: maybe going back to the series as a whole. Call me blasphemous, but I tried watching Firefly and I tried watching Serenity. I could not get into it. I don't understand the massive appeal of the legions of fans, but hey, you love what you love, and that's cool. I did just think of one show that I would have loved to have seen more episodes, maybe in hindsight, would have been Next Generation really yeah i think next generation is pinnacle of serialized star trek storytelling the first that was several of- seasons yeah they went 7 they went 7 seasons uh and i've watched it i watched the whole series through probably 5 or 6 times and uh it's, it, the writing just gets better and better through every every season it gets better and better 1 2 and 3 are a little rough you, you can still see they're trying to sort out what, what the world is and how the rules work by the time they get to that third season, it's really picking up a notch. And there's some really good like human dilemma and choices that, that are examined. And all the characters are written strong. The, the relationships are there. The conflicts are there. And then it's, it, I get why it ended when it ended. But at the same time, to go back and imagine if they announced like, three more seasons of Next Generation. That would be the Star Trek show that CBS needs right now. Everybody that's a Trek fan would instantly be on board for something like that. So that's about the only series I, I can think of. If you're listening out there, you know, let us know what's, what series you would like to have seen gone on further, which one should have got cut shorter. You can reach out to us on Twitter. What's the handle, Gerald? Well, it's going to be popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as
0: well, you can reach out to us at popculturecosmos, GameSource, and Humanica Media on
1: Facebook and Twitter. There you go. Video game trailers is the next thing I want to talk about. Okay. I saw a new trailer for a game called Total War. It's part of the Total War franchise. Are you familiar with it? No, I haven't seen that one yet, but yes, I am familiar with the franchise. You're familiar with the franchise. Okay, so I saw a, a trailer for Total War Warhammer 2. Now, it just hit Steam, I think, at the end of the month, September 29th, I believe. Yeah, that it's- I
0: got the uh, press release for, Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Did you get any I, press copies that you can chew my way by chance?
0: Uh, all I get from them is the press releases. I've, okay. asked, for, uh, I've asked for codes before, but they've uh, kind of ignored my request.
1: I get you. Okay. Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, it looks like a great turn-based, massive strategy war game. And it's, this is the Warhammer franchise, their second entry, obviously designated by the sequel. But they've done stuff like Napoleon and Attila the Hun and so on and so on. And every iteration seems to get better, at least according to the reviews I've read on Polygon and IGN. And I, so I had to check this out because it's getting 9 out of 10 and 9.5, and it's just excellent storytelling. The single-player campaign is really epic and, and moving, and the multiplayer stuff is really good as well. So I go on the Steam, Gerald, and I, and I find it on the page, and I, and I look it up a Total War, Warhammer 2, and, and then the trailer starts playing. Trailer's, I think, a minute 45 or something like that and it's all cinematic stuff there is not one ounce of gameplay in that trailer and i sat there thinking okay i read all these reviews i saw all these scores it's like okay so this has got to be good because there's a consensus out there you know whatever you want to invest into the review score that's fine but how do you really know but how do i really know if if those scores help like hold up and then just to see cinematics I feel like I still don't get any sense of what the game is and how it plays and how you control stuff. Now, is, is this because we are eight chapters into the Total War franchise and people should just know how to play it and I'm that new player coming in and it is all about selling how this is a different Total War game versus Total War Napoleon? Or should we be expecting to see some gameplay and a trailer for a video game? Well, for something like that i will tell you this the total war series
0: obviously has had some kind of success year over year iteration over iteration but in the hierarchy of the video game food chain it is still relatively small let's let's throw things out there like it is it's not going to be gta or call of duty anytime soon so you need to enlighten fans or potential video game fans out there of your series about it and enlighten them with the gameplay and not just, like you said, cinematic trailer. We just recently saw a cinematic trailer for the g- upcoming game next year, Red Dead Redemption 2. But that was specifically said, hey, this is a story trailer. This is what it's about first, this is telling a story. And it's just at some point in time later on, there's still plenty of time for Rockstar to go ahead and show off the gameplay of Red Dead Redemption 2. When yeah, it comes, this, to clo- th- this was a launch trailer. Yeah, that's like, what's like, what I'm saying. I got the press release for it, and I just didn't happen to see the the trailer for it. But you know, from what you're telling me, is when you're releasing your launch trailer and you're not showing the gameplay, you're not actually you're showing the game. So people like you who may be on the fence may want to hesitate unless they actually physically go to a YouTube and check out streams or a Twitter to check out streams or do more research. But then again, you're asking all these players to go ahead and do their research before they want to commit
1: their money. And and not everybody has the time to do that. Yeah. And there was a second trailer that I saw that they had on their steam page. And again, more cinematics, the voiceover they used was slightly changed. The angles and the shots were, were definitely different from the first one, but it, it felt the same. Like I'm just seeing this opportunistic camera showcasing these fantastical creatures you know, this great kind of conflict. Here's how pretty our graphics are. But it's everybody
0: just... seems to do that these days see, when they show that off. It really comes down to what makes a game last in the eyes of players, and that ultimately is gameplay. And it's not just about you know how pretty a game looks. I mean, you and I have seen over the years how many pretty games have not held up
1: their end of the bargain because their gameplay wasn't worth a darn. Well, I tell you, what's really relevant about this right now is we're cutting... The trailers, I use it plural because there's, because there's going to be a couple, for Mutant Football League that's coming out. Now, it's already launched in early access on Steam, and you basically get to see uh, like a highlight reel of, of the Mayhem Bowl that's there, but you essentially get to see the full experience of what 100% gameplay is. Now, what we're going to cut will have some cinematics in it, but it'll, it'll also be gameplay heavy. It'll be probably 30% cinematics just to set the stage before we see you know the final kind of minute in a bit of of a full-on gameplay so players know exactly what to expect with this wisecracking mutant monster you know pigskin brawl that that's unforgettable and easy to control and feels like home and makes you want to dive in there i did pitch a, a whole trailer where it was nothing but cinematics and we're looking at ways to to do that but I'm not sure that i feel that's the best way to go and i think looking at something like this completely confirms it
0: i will tell you from the footage i saw because there was a video that you released that had about what 10 15 minutes of gameplay on it and i was watching that and it's very reliant on gameplay mechanics and there's a very small amount of cutscenes that interact with it and they're very short they're very concise and there you go the trailer should reflect exactly what the game actually will be representing. Otherwise, it's not a true representation of the game itself.
1: You know, it's funny you say that. When we were back and forth uh, amongst the team at Digital Dreams, we looked at stuff like uh, Rocket League and Madden and Blitz and uh, all these other arcade-heavy sports games. And Rocket League was the only one, literally the only one out of all those titles that for their trailers showed gameplay footage. And showed gameplay footage with the score HUD intact that didn't have it removed in favor of having something that looked more cinematic. So the, the popular trope for sports games, regardless of if it's based on a franchise or not, is to go 100% cinematic, believe it or not, surprisingly. And I don't know why that is, and that, uh, that doesn't sell me. And I've seen the, the new Madden trailer with uh, Brady coming out of the tunnel and you're kind of following him from behind and he's pointing, you know, up to the crowd and you see the fireworks and the confetti and stuff go off and that doesn't sell me on a football experience. It might look sort of photorealistic, but it's not that much better than last year's entry. And if that's Uh what this demo is showcasing, I don't know that you've succeeded.
0: Or if the the other... Madden ad that they show constantly on the football games and whatnot, where they have the uh, I guess I don't know if it's famous rappers or famous players at the this you know young man's house, and there they've they've talked about how they had a uh, Madden party and whatnot, and you only see at the very end some gameplay highlights at the end, which you know you will never get really a taste of unless you actually go physically like I said, play the game or or actually go ahead and watch some streams, but with Madden that's a much higher echelon franchise and a lot of people that have already played the series or at least am aware of this, uh, the series or are interested in it uh, have seen
1: exactly the basics of the gameplay already it's to me to me it's really akin to the old school days where you pick up the box and have to judge the entire game based on the screenshots because the art on the front was doing all the heavy lifting for you and it wasn't you know as much more painterly and artistic interpretation of what the game could represent. And I might know a little bit something about this, I guess, since I'm doing a series called Box Art about about these game covers. As well, yeah, I, that's as, totally as I just find that myself, I'm inadvertently yeah. pitching what's going on.
0: Yeah, see, there was no trailers back in the day where a lot of times we would just go like, oh, wow. Like, For instance, when PC gaming was really at a high in the what, late 80s, early 90s, And you would go to these stores, in fact, I've worked at one at one time, where you would just look down the aisles and you would just hold up the box and you would have to make the call based off, a lot off, the box art. Uh, There might be some small screenshots in the back, but for the most part, you're basing it off oh wow, this looks like they're going to be going after this huge treasure because I see this art and whatnot. We didn't have the luxury of going and and seeing gameplay videos beforehand. That's why the introduction of gameplay videos and gameplay trailers, especially during the boom of the mid-2000s, was really quite enlightening as far as, and quite informative for players on exactly what games they should choose.
1: And it's weird that a lot of the advertising materials stay away from that despite in-game engines being better and better and more realistic and the physics responding better and the look of that in-game stuff. They still go with these beauty shot trailers that I don't think quite set the stage. So anyways, back to Total War. According to Steam Spy, it did incredibly well on the weekend. It looks like they netted over $20 million, which is pretty awesome for a game. Now Sega's involved as a publisher, so they definitely have a little bit of might behind them in terms of marketing. So good for them. It just, it really struck me as the number one game on Steam that, that launched in a genre that I really like to not showcase some more in-game footage, especially when you're commanding potentially hundreds of troops at the same time. Really interesting. But, you know, if you are into uh, real-time strategy games and you like the Warhammer stuff, definitely check it out because it does seem pretty cool. That'll do it for the uh, old Cosmic Crossfire for this week. We covered MIB, Stranger Things, video game trailers, and Apple Video. Let us know what you think, what you want to hear possibly next week. We'll dive into it. Reach out to Gerald on Twitter. I got you. Pop
0: Culture Cosmo on Twitter, then also Pop Culture Cosmos at Facebook, and also Game Source and Humanity Media as well. You can send out a tweet or
1: a direct message on any one of those platforms. All right. Let us know what you think. And we'll be back uh, next week with more interesting Cosmic Crossfire Discussions. Cheers. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, retro city games
0: and we're back with the show once again it is the pop culture cosmos show my name is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source and i'm back to recap week five in the nfl for fantasy owners and well, you know, I can't do it without the man, the myth, the legend behind fantasy football himself. It is the master in chief of the Fantasy Football <laughs> pater podcast. I'm giving you the same type of openings I do All for right. Josh. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's also the, the curator of ffpader.com. He helps run the great group site on Facebook, Fantasy Football pater podcast. It's Tyler Baker, my friend. Uh, how are you doing today?
5: I'm doing great. Thank you for the introduction. I wish I could take all the credit for the uh, for all the great info coming out of the site, but there's a couple of guys that helped me with it, so I gotta I gotta uh, give my props to those guys too.
0: <laughs> no worries, no worries, indeed. But far be it for me to ever say to you, uh, you know, when you're going to go having a great podcast coming up or whatnot to break a leg, because oh, that man. seems to be a running theme, you know, in the past couple of oh, weeks man. as far as injuries are That's concerned. So
5: It's been brutal, and a team like the New York Giants, who are looking for their first win, every single one of their starting receivers goes out of this game with an ankle injury, and Odell Beckham Jr. has such a severe injury. They're doing surgery on it probably as we speak, and he is going to be out for the rest of the year. So I love talking to you on Sunday nights in preparation for Monday's podcast, but there always seems to be a dark cloud over it just because of all these injuries that to major players that keep happening. sad.
0: Exactly. So so people are now that have ODB Junior are really in a lot of trouble as far as that's concerned at this point. Let's let's just put it right out there. But if, if that's the case, what do they need to start planning and doing to try and recoup some of the losses for such a star player, which many people picked as the number one player in their team?
5: Uh, I did. I have him, and there's no quick plug-and-play. If I were to put one guy on that offense, I would say Sterling Shepard. However, I don't think that offense is one to target. I, uh, Without Odell Beckham Jr. in that first game, they were really, really bad. The other games that they played, they were just bad, but they were really, really bad without ODB, and I just don't – Ugh, it's ugly. It's just ugly. And uh, I will be looking at the injuries to find out exactly how bad Brandon Marshall is and how bad Sterling Shepard is. I'll have some guys on my Tuesday waiver show maybe to help, but there's, there's not a guy you're going to be able to go get and plug in and, and, and uh, recuperate that, that loss of uh, Odo Beckham Jr.
0: I don't think there is a, uh as well as obviously you can't get someone off the waiver wire at this point in time that that can be that effective but Mm -hmm. maybe there are some type of uh stop gaps and some band-aids that hopefully by your tuesday show you can you can help people out with and also as well your your awesome saturday podcast as well once again i have tyler baker from the fantasy football Pater podcast you can catch it on apple podcast libsyn overcast and player.fm tyler there's going to be a little bit more bad news coming up, but first, I want to get people back up with some some great performances, including some that defeated me in fantasy football today. And I'm going to be a fair person, even though I looks like I, I'm going to be on the losing end of the stick. I did lose to some great performances from Leonard Fournette and also as well Carson Wentz.
5: Yes, Carson Wentz, and he he struck early. He had three touchdowns, I think, in the first quarter. He was on fire. And yeah, Leonard Fournette just put it to the Steelers. I said on my Saturday podcast that I thought maybe the Steelers weren't that good, and I caught a little bit of flag for it. Well, here we are, five Ben Roethlisberger interceptions later. And he even came out of this game saying maybe, maybe he shouldn't be playing. Maybe he should have retired. So uh, I think that that was just kind of a knee jerk, and I'm sure that they will try to circle the wagons and, and uh, prop up that quarterback. But if he is not running that offense, it's just not that offense.
0: Well, that's what I want to ask you. So fantasy owners who have Ben Roethlisberger out there, mm-hmm. should they start to, to panic as far as maybe thinking about other options at the QB slot?
5: Well, yes. Um, I, ben, ben Roethlisberger is just so inconsistent. And I know coming into the season, I was not suggesting that he be anyone's starting quarterback. If you're streaming quarterbacks, he's certainly an option. And there's kind of a home and away split that that seems to happen there. So hopefully you haven't been starting them. Moving forward, I would be concerned. Now, Jacksonville defense is good. They do really have a good defense, a lot of really talented personnel. Uh, but in watching that game, some of those interceptions it, were just I, – I just didn't understand it. And I think that there was more than just a physical breakdown from – um, ben Roethlisberger looked like maybe something mental. I don't know. It, it was it was it was really difficult to watch. But so what I would are, be concerned. Yes,
0: I would be concerned as well. So so what are some of the things that also stuck out to you as far as major news items here in week five of the NFL weekend?
5: Well Carolina I think is getting back to what they do best and that is not the short yardage game that uh, Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey were drafted to do. It didn't work out for them at the beginning of the season. Cam is back to throwing high to big targets downfield and that is working out really well for him. They looked pretty good in a win over Detroit.
0: 350-plus yards, Mm -hmm. uh, a great game for him indeed.
5: Three touchdowns as well, is that correct? I believe so. And we were talking last week about Miami and how there were certainly some concerns there. And I will tell you, that concern has just been magnified they they beat a very very hobbled tennessee team and it was not impressive jay cutler having i think under 100 yards passing he was actually getting booed coming off the field and the last time you and i spoke it said well you know give it another week it may be time to hit the panic button i'm kind of panicking so i as an owner of jay i'm concerned he had some numbers but he fumbled twice and he had
0: 25 um, carries and it was only three yards per rush. So that that to yeah. me is someone who also has a stake as far as Jay Ajay on a fantasy team also is a great concern to me as well.
5: Honestly, I think if they can get rid of Jay Cutler, if if they can bring Matt Moore in, uh, sometimes teams tend to take on the attitude or the swag of the quarterback. And Jay Cutler just seems like he kind of, wishes he would have stayed broadcasting it just maybe looks like he's not in it and so maybe a change at quarterback could kind of turn things around they did get a win today so it's not a complete loss but they they won against a a very hopple tennessee team so uh even though it was a victory it it i don't really think they won (laughs) If, if that makes sense
0: Well, They definitely look very sluggish today. In fact, a lot of teams around the NFL did from what I was seeing. Scoring was not at at a premium for a lot of teams this week. Kind of disappointing for a lot of fantasy owners out there. Was there any standouts or or any injuries other than ODB that really people need to be made aware of right now?
5: Well, Carlos Hyde had to leave the game. That might be a big deal. Uh, Matt Breida, if if Carlos Hyde can't go and Carlos Hyde has always had injury concerns. Matt Breida might be somebody to look at. He did pretty well with the amount of touches that he got. I still waiting to find out what's going on with those other guys there in New York, but I don't think that there were any major injuries. Not, not that I've seen. I'm still, I'm still going through and watching all the games, you know, to try to get that true indication of what's going on uh, behind the stats. But I didn't, I'm not aware of any other major injuries.
0: The only other thing I wanted to ask you, for those who have Gronkowski, who you know is never a healthy person at this point in time, sat out Thursday's game, which I know a lot of fantasy owners do have a vested interest in him, what is his status going forward? Is this, again, another you know, a scenario where we see injury after injury after injury, or is he coming back next week, maybe now that he'll have the extra days of rest going forward?
5: I think the extra days will help him a lot. And we'll have to see the practice reports next week. But usually when a player has 10 days, I mean, Devontae Adams was knocked out last week with an absolute brutal hit that sent him to the hospital. But because it was on Thursday night, he was able to pass the concussion protocol yesterday and he he ended up playing today. So 10 days, a lot can happen in 10 days, especially in the NFL, a lot can happen. So I would say Gronkowski has a pretty good shot to play, but we won't know until the injury reports start coming out next week.
0: That sounds good. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, ffpater.com. And also as well, the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group site. Got to check out his podcast each and every Tuesday and Saturday on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Overcast, and Player.fm. One last thing before we go, Tyler. Once again, please let everybody know why Fantasy Football Pater Podcast is the place people need to go for all their fantasy
5: football needs. I watch every game. I, I study game film. A lot of times there's statistics, and if you just look at the stats, like two weeks ago, Mercedes Lewis had three touchdowns, and oh my gosh, I hear all of these waiver wire shows saying, you got to go get this guy. He had four touchdowns in the last three years. It just happened that three of them were two weeks ago. And we saw the same thing with Ed Dixon today. Ed Dixon had put up a lot of really good numbers. That's because they weren't covering Ed Dixon. So if you're not watching that game and if you don't know, hey, they just didn't cover them. No, I could have gotten those stats. So if you don't have somebody watching all of these games and helping you to understand what was really going on behind the stats, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And that's what I do. I watch every game. I make sure that I, that I look at all the angles and really try to figure out what's going on. On the football field, so that you can better manage your fantasy football team. And then I have the Facebook group that you can come on and ask lineup questions, ask questions about, hey, somebody offered me this trade. And me and a couple other really great fantasy football minds will take a look at it and tell you what we think. So it's a way of having somebody that really knows what they're doing help you with your specific questions.
0: But you got to catch his show Tuesdays and Saturdays on Apple Podcasts, Lipson overcast.fm, and player.fm. I'm going to have some questions on some running backs since that seems to be at a premium this year because of the ineffectiveness of a well i'm going to say a ton of formerly well-known running backs so that is a sure. big problem area for a lot of fantasy owners so i need a lot of thoughts on the friday the show exactly
5: changes the landscape is always changing and if you're not keeping up with it you're you're going to be left behind so yeah i'm looking forward to it there are certainly there are certainly some guys that i'm going to go back and watch some tape on because as i'm looking at these stats i'm saying wait a second you know what was really going on here <laughs> so uh i will have all of the games watched and i look forward to answering any of your questions
0: absolutely indeed cuz i guess that the running back position is at a premium more so now than ever and you got to listen to tyler this friday he's going to have some suggestions on where to go with your running back scheme because it can be the difference between a win and a loss take it from one who knows right here this weekend yeah.
5: <laughs> i look forward uh, to it my friend appreciate it, as always tyler
0: Go see Blade Runner 2049. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) All right, my friend. Thanks again, as always, for being part of the pop culture cosmos.
4: This week on Myopia Defend Your Childhood. Myopia Defender Childhood is so named because I believe we are short-sighted on the things we watched as kids. So every week we watch a movie that one of the panelists grew up watching and see if they hold up from comedy to cartoons, or to action.
0: And for this season, the last Thursday of each month, we're doing a TV show in our Myopia Mornings segments. We watch Saturday morning cartoons and afternoon classics. So find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How will you stand when we put your past on trial? My you your Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter Podcast. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos to close out the program. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. You can download the Pop Culture Cosmos shows at any point in time on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, including Apple Podcasts, of course, Apple Podcasts, of course. You've also got the Ace Podcast Network. Tune in overcast.fm, player.fm, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangiband Network, Gunna Geek Network, Cast Crunch, Social Podcasts, and popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And remember, we always throw in bonus stuff for you at the end of the show for those who download the podcast just for listening. And I wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without checking in with what's going on with humanica media so josh what is going on with all the great things at humanica media
3: we'll have a new topic apocalypse possibly a new chad and travis's musical show about music it's been a long time they approached me about wanting some wanting to do it again so we'll see how that goes
0: you can say that again
3: yeah it was a very popular podcast so We'll see. But yeah, that's, you know, we'll have a new, we're recording a new Super BS. So you'll have some of that to look forward to. And also the Tuesday show, he, Attack of the Humanicans, which uh, came in at what, nine, nine, ten?
0: Ninth. It was ninth. Nine- on the podcast radio network it's tuesdays 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific and it was like i said in the top 10 as far as the podcast radio network is concerned that that's awesome for you guys as well
3: right right so you know definitely good things going on great things coming up
0: or you can check out all of his shows on youtube on the humanic media channel on facebook twitter also as well podbean apple podcasts and so many others and for us Pop Culture Cosmos, and the PCC Multiverse. That's our Friday show, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. So we're in for a great week. And like I said, if you get a chance, you're going to check out the Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer. As soon as we get a chance, we'll pop it up probably right after the Monday night show airs here on the Podcast Radio Network. It'll be uh, available on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook site. That'll be the Star Wars newest trailer trailer. I know hopefully we'll be able to break that down on the Friday show. There'll be people still talking about it, even to that time. Also as well, there was this weekend, Star Wars Battlefront 2, a lot of great action there going in the beta. I got a chance to check it out, both from a a space battle and also a ground battle, taking a look at the different scenarios and see how everything flowed. I still had frame rate issues in this one. I know that's probably a work in process. That's why they have a beta, but the gameplay seemed to be even more fun than I than I uh, had before, but I'm still not loving the loot boxes. That's still not, not exactly something I'm endeared to, but Josh, as someone who likes the slow burn on the Star Wars universe, it looks like, judging from this past weekend and what's going on as the show is airing, that Star Wars is starting to gear up right now with the Star Wars publicity machine.
3: Well, it's coming up. Like the, the release date is right around the corner. It's coming out in December and New York Comic Con's going on right now. So then they, they're they putting all the toys out that showed you the new Obi-Wan action figure, which I imagine is going to be some sort of lead in for the Obi-Wan movie or they'll mention it in some way.
0: By the time that the video comes out, tickets will be available to get for The Last Jedi.
3: I think it's a, good, it's a great time for them to start the publicity machine. If, I mean, because it's, but it's October and the movie comes out December 19th. What better time than now, honestly. And no matter when you start marketing the film, it's, it's gonna have a bunch of people going to see it anyway. So it's, you know, it's, is, is there a wrong time to market Star Wars is the, the question we should be asking.
0: No, and, and there has been a great deal of time between the first trailer that was released. In fact, I just saw it the other day in IMAX, which looked beautiful on imax when i was watching blade runner 2049 so i ask you is that a good amount of time between the first and second trailers as far as to you know maybe wet the whistle of all those star wars fans or people who just like to watch the star wars movies
3: well it's funny the last jedi trailer is weird in the fact that the last trailer that came out they called it a teaser but it was it was almost a full-length trailer in itself so uh, you know, I think at this point, yeah, what, what
0: defines a teaser and a trailer? If it's over a minute long, to me, that's a trailer.
3: Yeah, my I always thought that a teaser was less than a minute, and it's just like brief flashes. But like that, that teaser was like what three minutes. So it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say for sure. But you know, I know a lot of people don't even like to watch the trailers when it comes to Star Wars, and you know, that's that's their prerogative. And I'm excited for the movie, whether. The trailer comes out or not or whether the trailer is good or not i'm still going to go see it so i you know now is a good time to release the trailer get people stoked for it, especially if you know if you're gonna put tickets on sale at the same time so it's kind of a it's a win-win for them
0: exactly and they're they're very very good lucasfilm kathleen kennedy how they market disney of course how they're marketing the film and doing all the right thing and checking the boxes at the right time i'm assuming that they had something coordinated with ea as well as far as let's get people started with the beta on this weekend then hit them with the trailer on the same day that tickets get released as far as the tickets become available i think that it's all a coordinated effort and it's very good I'll tell you what right now I'm, I'm very excited to see it and and i'm looking forward to you know they're not going to tell you as much as you want to know anyways when it comes to last jedi they're very protective of the actual secrets that, that goes on within the film so i'm definitely excited to see the last jedi and get another taste of it and, and they know what they're doing when it comes to it comes to actually the how to market the film already they've done it already so many times before so any last thoughts before we head on out
3: it's, it, it's funny because each time a new Star Wars comes out, it's one more that you get to marathon before you watch the other one. So we're like, you know, it, it used to be it's just like with Marvel now, you have to watch like 20 movies now to, uh, you know, get the full range of stories. So it's kind of exciting in a way.
0: It is indeed. And I think to get the marketing machine even more revved up, you know what they did? TNT ran a marathon consistently all weekend long of the Star Wars movies the hype machine starting already and and definitely uh, glad to see it because a lot of people like myself and like yourself cannot get enough of star wars what are your thoughts on the last jedi trailer you'll probably watch it as soon as this show is off the air so send us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com we'd really love to hear from you your thoughts on the latest last jedi trailer also as well humanic and media Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And share us your thoughts on Battlefront 2. And also, are you excited or is the hype train starting a little bit too early on all this great Star Wars stuff? So, for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself. A great day.
5: This has been a broadcast of the ESO
0: Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew
5: at esonetwork.com.
0: Tangent Bound Network.
3: Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode. Which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at
2: the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. But I am here again with my good friend. He is the man of the legend. Again, again, behind Nintendo Quest. Also as well, he works uh, very, very feverishly as far as being a main cog with Tiny Titan Studios, by the way, which has great games, including Dash Quest and also as well, Tiny Rails on mobile, free of charge, and also Tiny Rails on Steam for $9.99. And check out his upcoming documentaries from Kitty uh also as well he-man power of grayskull he-man and the masters of the universe which <laughs> i sent him that great uh,
1: geico commercial the other day on the, the way you say kitty is you make it sound like hello kitty oh i'm sorry kitty the
0: the legendary canadian heavy metal band how about that okay it's better okay i'm sorry
4: <laughs> kitty, kitty.
1: kitty they're so cute and precious there you go it's rob mccallum what's going on my friend Nothing just uh taking a small break between working, it was a long day at tiny Titan. Excuse the yawn, came home, did the chores around the house, now back at it again. I'm creating an alternate poster for the for the kitty heavy metal doc actually right now, and I'm got to go through another 5.1 mix that was submitted so we can tie everything up this Thanksgiving weekend or Columbus Day in the U.S. And again, if you want to know about all of Rob
0: McCallum's projects, all of his great films, and how you can get a chance to watch them, see them, and then also learn more about them, check out robmccallumfilms.com or Films robmccallumfilms on Facebook. So Rob, as always on the Cosmic Crossfire, it's your turn to take command of the ship. So what's going on in the world of pop culture?
1: Well, I've got a cavalcade. Of topics that I thought we could talk about this time here. A
0: cavalcade of pop culture information right here for you. Uh, I thought I was leading the
1: show. What's the deal? Next up and the final topic for conversation on the cosmic crossfire uh, is That Apple's, was almost done with some heart there. I was almost done with some heart. Uh, a little bit is Apple's potential streaming service or distribution platform for their television production that they're dipping their toes in. Um, It's rumored to be called Apple Video since Apple TV is the hardware box that they have and they never like to confuse things. So Apple Video, much like Apple Music, uh, is, is set to come out. They only have two series out right now and they are both tied to Apple Music, interestingly enough, because they have nowhere else to put them. But Apple is looking at making a lot more production calls and getting into television production and scripted and unscripted series, much like we saw Amazon do and Netflix. We talk about this almost week after week, it seems, as there's new announcements with new streaming services and what they're going to offer. Apple still hasn't announced that Apple Video is going to be the name of it, what it's going to like, how much it's going to cost, how you're going to get it it seems like they're really doing this weird dance of hiding the buck on how everybody's going to get these shows that the biggest distributor in the world of content is, is going to share. And I get that traditionally Apple waits for these big press conferences and stuff, but that kind of holds up for tech gadgets. But I don't think that holds the true holds the same and holds true for when it comes to entertainment. Like you've almost got to let this stuff come out and start building it up. So what does Apple have to do to see that their streaming service can compete with stuff like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and CBS and Disney. And it, is it just a matter of getting enough shows that are good enough Does the distribution model have to be better? Does the pricing have to be better? Will they go premium? Like everything else that Apple is, it's just more expensive or are they going to undercut and just like destroy everybody? Um, tip. I mean, Apple has enough cash to buy Netflix to possibly buy Disney if either of those companies wanted to sell. But they've bought a lot of executives from other TV places and that usually signifies that they won't be acquiring another company like they did with Beats for Apple Music, for example. So I don't know what the future of of Apple Video is and what they got to do, but what do you think that Apple Video, we'll call it, has to do to kind of get traction in this new streaming service field and uh, the direction of original content under the Apple banner?
0: Well, I would like them to be on Android devices, but I know that's barking up the wrong tree. So I'll start with <laughs> coming from a person who likes Android devices, but but wants you to listen to Apple podcasts, especially Pop Culture Cosmos. But anyways, I would personally like to see them undercut it first because to get their name out there as far as being a competitor in the space of streaming services and like you said it's all about the shows why do people like netflix because they like the shows like stranger things and also as well house of cards and you know they go the list goes on and on why do people like hulu because they follow the shows that are there and then also as well they you know why does CBS All Access been getting some pub in the past couple weeks? That's because of Star Trek Discovery. Unless you have the content to support with it, it's not going to fly very well. I mean, Amazon Prime does well as far as with a lot of stuff that they're doing, uh, but then their their shot with uh, an Amazon TV service hasn't really worked out well as well because they really don't have. Uh, out of the hundred plus channels that they say they offer, a lot of them are just afterthoughts as far as really stuff that people don't really want to see on the large part. So to me, it's all about content and also being able to, at least with Apple, they have the money, like you said, and they have the power to go ahead and undercut everyone else, at least early on, because I think CBS's all access issue is that their price is a little bit steeped. Um, 5.99 a month, I think for commercials. 9.99 without, so I, it might be uh, you know a little bit steep for those who just want to see the Discovery series. There, uh, it all depends on if people want to watch all their reruns from all the other shows. And I think that's what it comes down to with CBS. With Apple, they're starting this from scratch, so they're going to have to acquire or build from scratch a lot of these shows that that, that will attract an audience. At least they're going to have the money to do so, but they also have the money to go ahead and at least initially make a name for themselves by introducing it
1: at a lower price. Is one show enough? I mean, that used to be what networks relied on. Uh, AMC had Dexter and HBO had Sopranos. I mean, they had other shows, of course, but like they usually only need that one flagship show. Um, right now, it's Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones is going away just as Westworld is starting to get popular again uh, or popular to kind of take, take that mantle over. Uh, you know, Netflix kind of really started out with House of Cards as their big winner. Now that has died down a little bit, and we've seen a few other big hits like Orange is the New Black and Stranger Things, of course. Um, you know, is, is Star Trek Discovery enough? for a CBS to, to make a name off, off of it does well, apple we're going to have to f- we're going to find that out one? pretty soon yeah i mean i guess i guess we'll see um, can but i guess you know back to apple how long is it going to take for them to find that one must watch show well you and i talked about it if it's
0: james bond that ultimately becoming it becomes their prize that could be a win in the right direction for them as far as being able to have that series and then possibly even getting a a exclusive video series of its own so uh but you need the support okay they have this one show whatever it is what else do you have behind it because people once they're finished with streaming that one show or binging on it exactly what else is there uh, at least cbs has the fact that you have access to thousands of shows at least wwe when you're watching it uh, whatever pay-per-view you're watching it for at least you, you can continue watching because it has thousands of hours of programming you know with some of these other shows and these other streaming services they really that really don't have anything behind it once you get out, once you look behind the veil and see what's there be outside of what they're trying to promote it's really the, the cover's bare. So if you don't have a lot supporting it, people are just gonna eventually get off of it anyways. So when Apple does this and wants to go ahead and, and present this to the public out there in, in unison, at least it, they have to have something that, that supports it as a foundation outside of just that one
1: tentpole franchise that they want to circle around. Here, here's my prediction, I'm, I guess my rule of thumb for all these streaming services. You need to think of it like hockey. Now, all our American listeners may or may not be into hockey. It's not the most favorite sport in America, but it is here up in Canada. You've got to think of it as you need essentially kind of like nine shows. Okay, nine is the number I'm throwing out there. You got to have three forward lines, essentially. You got to have your right wing, your center, and your left wing. And you got to have each of these lines roll every 4 months so that you always have three shows that are concurrently kind of piggybacking so that you can keep people on your platform watching one thing to the next to the next every week that's 3 hours of tv that you can keep people watching there and over 4 months that's about 12 to 16 episodes depending on how you stagger them the next the next line can come in for the next 4 months after that and then 4 months after that and then as you basically keep rolling these out you start filling it with support material you start trying to see what other shows are. So I think Apple has to come out swinging really hard. I don't think a James Bond series on its own is enough. I think they got to get some other massive, massive production uh, names and IP and really just cement who they are right away. Don't take chances. Hit a home run. You've got the power if you want to sign the players. Do it and make show the industry how quickly you can be relevant and not you know, stumble with uh, training wheels. That's what I'm saying for Apple.
0: Yeah, and that's like I said, that's that's a great idea as far as to have that support. They they have the money. It all depends if they want to commit to it. And if they do, they got to commit to it full board.
1: That'll do it for the uh, old Cosmic Crossfire uh, for this week. We covered MIB, Stranger Things, video game trailers, and Apple Video. Let us know what you think. What you want to hear. Possibly next week, we'll dive into it. Ah, uh, reach out to Gerald on Twitter. Uh, PCC. It's, isn't it weird, like P underscore C star C or something like that?
0: No, no, it's Pop Culture Cosmos. I know you wanted to try and change it, but uh, I just tried. I tried to do everything I could with a PCC, and it just, basically somebody else has got it. So I stuck with Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter. That's Pop Cosmo. Culture. Cosmo. I wish yeah, it was Cosmos, but Twitter won't give me that extra S. I got Pop you. Culture Cosmos on Twitter. Then also Pop Culture Cosmos at Facebook. And also Game Source and Humanity Media as well. You can send out a tweet or
1: a direct message on any one of those platforms. All right. Let us know what you think, and we'll be back uh, next week with more interesting Cosmic Crossfire discussions. Sounds good, my friend. All right. Thank you. Cheers.
2: Welcome NFL football fans that time again time for another edition of NFL football talk this is an inside sports production I'm your host Charles E. Smith Jr. and here we are all the way up to uh, week five of the NFL season and hey it's been uh, quite surprising in many different ways and remember we're here every single week also you NBA fans the NBA is starting pretty soon Uh, Anthony Barbarin and Gerald Glassford are going to be bringing you weekly NBA uh, updates and right here, some of you watching the webcast, you may wonder why I'm wearing an L.A. Kings hat. It's because I'm out here in Southern California, and the NHL is uh, going to start here in another day or so. And hey, all due respect to all of you who are watching currently the Minnesota Twins and the New York Yankees in that fantastic wild card playoff game right here as we tape on Tuesday night, April 3rd. Okay, so let's go ahead and get right into it. I do not work alone here. I do enlist the help of just the very, very best. So here he is, the man many of you already follow on Twitter, and if not, you should be. You follow him at Sports. that's C-H-R-I-S-L, sports. The pride of Rutgers University from somewhere in an undisclosed location in beautiful Southern California. Here he is, Chris Lardieri. Chris, what's happening out there, man?
4: Uh, All is good, Charles. Thank you for another great introduction. I can't believe we're a quarter of the way through the season and we're already in October. Time is flying by. Uh, the season, I mean, really looks like it's wide open right now. A lot of surprises so far.
2: Yeah, it is. And, of course, you know, Atlanta, they go down. They fall from the ranks of the unbeaten. But everybody looking kind of vulnerable here. But just a few teams I wanted to focus on, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Oakland Raiders, and also the Baltimore Ravens. We look at the Ravens. First, they get dusted 44-7 uh, the week, two weeks ago in London against Jacksonville of all teams. And then the Steelers beat them 26 to nine. So in two weeks, the Ravens have been outscored 70 to 13. Time for panic there in Baltimore or what?
4: I would think so. I mean, that defense is completely imploded. When you let Jacksonville put up that many points on you, that's more shocking. Right. uh, On top of that, I don't know what's happened to Joe Flacco. I mean, he's become a shell of what he once was. And uh, yeah, I, I think especially in, in that division where the Steelers could get some room and pull away. I mean, it could be a long season for
2: them. Yeah, I think so now. And also, I would think with the Steelers, when we look at the uh, AFC and how just wide open it is, as you talked about, also New England lost this week. They lose to, uh, you know, to Carolina. Who could have seen that coming? And uh, the Raiders, who many picked, you know, that was a trendy pick to go to the Super Bowl. But let's forget, I know Derek Carr got injured, so now they're going to get a a pass for about the next two to six weeks or so while he heals. And you have E.J. Manuel out there trying to win games, which we all know how that's going to turn out. But let's not forget, they have some big problems here going in. They've been outscored, what, 43 to 20 in the last couple of weeks. And not only just outscored, but they're looking really just horrible, their offensive line is getting completely dominated by by the other team.
4: Yeah, and we've talked about this week after week this year. If you don't have all-line play protecting the quarterback or opening holes for the running game, look at the Chargers and the Giants, uh, it's going to be a long season for you. And with Carr out, um, yeah, I I think it's going to be a really tough stretch. Only bright side is that it's here kind of in the uh, early to middle portion of the season if he can recover quickly. But look – They've already, they're already down one to Denver, and that's another team that's going to be battling for a wild-card spot and potentially a division with Kansas City and what's one of the best divisions in football.
2: Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, Cincy is finally there one and three. They they beat the Cleveland Browns, as everyone does. But to also the Dallas Cowboys, they lose that shootout to the Rams. As we talked about last week, we have both picked the Rams, not to toot our own horns, but, you know, <laughs> beep, beep. That's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the Dallas, they're not – uh they look to be a dominant team this year and here they are now at two and two and they got green bay this week so uh they could be feeling a little bit fragile right now too yeah
4: definitely and and again those defensive problems on that side of the ball have come home to roost and look uh Zeke elliott got what he wanted he's playing he may as well be suspended he really hasn't been a heck of a factor this but... year in game one against the giants so when you stop zeke and teams are daring uh Dak prescott to beat them it's not happening this year so uh Of course, the Cowboys Nation is going to be calling for Jason Garrett's head any week now, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. But, you know, and then the flip side, we got to look at a team that's, are they looking to shock the world or what? But the LA Rams, I mean, highest scoring team in the league right now. But what I'm concerned with with the Rams is not that they've put up, you know, 76 points over the last two weeks is good. But that defense, vaunted Rams defense has given up 69 points. So they've scored seventy-six points over the last couple of weeks, and basically they've needed every last one of those points to win those games.
4: Yeah, who would have thought last year they were also surprising three and one, and they're winning in spite of their offense. This year, the opposite: in spite of their defense, if right. Wayne Phillips can get things under control, I mean, look. I know it's early things can change, but Sean McVay has done a tremendous job turning that team around, the morale, uh, working on the offense that would fit Jared Goff better. I've uh, got to give two shout-outs, two big fans of the podcast, Martin from Temecula Income Tax Services, good buddy of mine, an accountant, a huge Rams fan, and also Christy. She works at my son's school. Both of them always ask when the podcast is coming up. They're big fans, and look, I, they were happy when I, we picked the Rams last week. We've got to give them a shout-out. Congrats to your team. All the crap you talk about the Giants is warranted. They stink. Your team looks like they're on the turnaround. And look, in the NFL, when you have a schedule, it's not as difficult. Those are the years when you can make your run at a wild card at least. And uh, the way the NFC West is shaping up, I mean, I think the Rams, as crazy as people may think, uh, these are coming out of my mouth. But uh, they've got a shot. I mean, could they win the division? That's not – without – out of the realm of possibility. So – Really, a great story, especially in light of the fact that on the other side of the four hundred and five freeway, the Chargers are a hot mess.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, like, I forget which player said it, but it's like the Chargers pretty much have sixteen away games every year. But anyways, back to the Rams. We got to remember when they won the first Super Bowl in franchise history with Kurt Warner. Remember, they came out of nowhere. Uh, Trent Green gets injured and this unknown named Kurt Warner takes over and you know let's look at the similarities there Uh, you know that team had Isaac Bruce this team has Sammy Watkins uh, that team had a dynamic Marshall Falk in the backfield this team has a very dynamic Todd Gurley who's already got I think what's he got seven touchdowns on the year so it you know it could happen and also that team back then the whole thing was their defense was suspect except for a few players so hey it, it, crazier things have happened that's all i'm saying i'm not going to def- definitely not going to call it rams to the super bowl this year but hey don't be so surprised if uh something incredible happens yeah
4: and i think you and i now should uh try and get the the workings on a uh, hashtag greatest show on grass what do you think
2: <laughs> yeah i think our greatest show about to move to inglewood okay well let's go ahead and you know you mentioned the Giants let's just talk about them for just a sec Giants 0-4 done or what
4: there's one 0-4 team in the history of the NFL that has made it to the playoffs the 1992 Chargers well it's very impressive I don't remember much about that team other than I think Bobby Ross was the coach so yeah, Stan Humphries yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I know he's a uh, a popular player down in San Diego we got him to their only Super Bowl but Look, I'm not just saying that because I have little or no faith in the line and the the running game and the defense has imploded and Ben McAdoo. uh, This schedule is about to get brutal here headed into October and November, uh, including road games at Denver, for instance. I mean, that's not looking good right there with their pass rush. So um, yeah, I think it's time to hit the panic button. And. Look, props to the New York Jets everyone said they were gonna pull a Philadelphia 76ers tank the season they're two and two they're the best
2: football team in New York slash New Jersey right that's true and if you pull a 76ers that means you tank for 20 years by the way but anyways uh let's let's not get into that. <laughs> Okay, one last team I want to talk about, though. Got to give props. And it looks like they're developing well now. It took a couple of games, but now they're starting to look solid and settling into uh, basically what is a new offense. That's the New Orleans Saints, though. They got the last two wins here. But one thing is Adrian Peterson, their big offseason pickup, has not been a part of it. I think he has 27 carries for 87 yards has yet to carry the ball 10 times in the game. So the Saints look like they're improving and settling in, but they're settling in without the would-be superstar running back, Adrian Peterson.
4: Yeah, look, Adrian Peterson's a great running back. He's had a tremendous career. I I think that tank is almost empty. Um, And we mentioned this a few weeks ago in the fantasy segment. Alvin Kamara, um, look, He's kind of become the new Darren Sproles. He can run. He's spry, receives a, a lot of looks from Drew Brees, a, a lot of receptions in London on Sunday and a touchdown. Um, watch out for him. You know, if you haven't gotten him in fantasy, we'll talk about this later, look for him. Cause Sean Payton really likes what he can do in the offense. And frankly, I mean, I'm not a huge Mark Ingram fan, but at this point I think he's a better option than AP. And, uh, Apparently, the, uh, either the Saints defense has gotten things under control or the right. Magic Elixirs to just play Jay Cutler week after week, right? <laughs>
2: uh, boy, let's, let's not even, we're not even going to talk about my Dolphins. <laughs> it's just horrible. But Anyways, you know, before we – of course, we do different segments here, and we're going to get into the uh, Picks of the Week segment and then our Gambler's Delight picks, which is uh, good for those of you who may be going to Vegas this weekend like, uh, like Chris is and like I was two weeks ago. Fortunately, we weren't there in the week in between because we know what happened there. But uh, we'll get into that also, and then uh, fantasy football. Uh, Chris has got some great stuff coming up for everybody. But before we get into the picks segment, uh, Mr. Lardieri, you always have some wisdom for us. What you got?
4: Sure, I mean every year the the first four games are a lot of surprises, and you got to look at the Buffalo Bills this year. In addition to the Rams, three and one, they could have easily won the one game they lost against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Even after everyone thought they were another team that was tanking, trading away Sammy Watkins, et cetera, uh, losing Jordan Matthews, this team keeps playing well. And Sean McDermott, uh, formerly of the Panthers, has really kind of changed that culture there. Their defense is swarming while taylor is doing just enough to not lose the game not turn the ball over be more of a game manager and look shady mccoy running the ball is always a dangerous thing you get a lead and control that ball you're going to do well will they win the afc east doubtful but they are a good story and then too, another team that should be four and oh was inches away in a debatable replay to detroit lions you know we like to pick on matt stafford and, and jim caldwell but you know it's another team finding ways to win unlike previous seasons and uh I think they're going to give the Packers a run for their money. It should be an interesting NFC North. And then finally, uh, the Patriots' defense, uh, just atrocious, especially at home. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, Matt Patricia needs to get that pencil out of his ear and uh, or else Belichick's going to take the ball over him. But on top of that, you know, they've, they've had a lot of losses on that side of the ball and uh, cornerbacks are not playing well. And Cam Newton totally lit them up on Sunday, so uh, – you know, maybe the Patriots still win that division, but I don't think they're as invincible as everyone thought they were in August.
2: Yeah, there we go. And there's Cam Newton, I think, kind of adjusting to he's, – he's not going to have the arm strength that he needs all season, but he's going to have to adjust to that. And it looks like he's kind of getting there and learning how to play with the tools he has now, right now, as opposed to what he had Uh, in seasons past and what he will have next year you got to win with what you got right now so he's doing a good job of adjusting Um, let's go ahead and get right into it though we're going to pick one of the Carolina games but to uh, set up the first pick for us here the picks of the week um, let's go ahead and look at our records for the for the season I'm sitting at 17 and 3 I went a sparkling 5 and oh last week just got to throw that in there Chris went 4 and 1 he's at 15 and 5 on the season but for the gamblers delight picks, that's where the games you could possibly put money on. I'm at two and two. Chris is a sterling sparkling four and O. So Chris, the first pick of the week, uh, go ahead and break down game one for us.
4: Yeah. Those resurgent Buffalo bills, they head into Cincinnati who uh, got off the snide and beat up on the lowly Browns. And it looks like Andy Dalton likes his new offensive coordinator. He's throwing well. Again, the bills are a three point underdog. Um, Look, I think this is kind of like a, a tale of two teams here. Um, not quite sure what to expect from the quarterback play week to week from both, both of these gunslingers. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I just like the way they're playing on defense especially. They can contain A.J. Green. I, I think you've got a, that's a good uh, recipe for success against the Bengals. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, I like the way McCoy's running and uh, Tyrod Taylor. You know, been a skeptic over the years, but he's kind of pulling his uh, Alex Smith impression, wouldn't you say? And uh, I'm going to pick the Bills to win this one in an upset.
2: Yeah, there you go. And Tyrod Taylor, he, he and E.J. Manuel are pretty much the same quarterback, except Tyrod Taylor can actually make some throws. That's the difference between the two of them. Um, yeah. You know, I like Buffalo, and I look at the teams that they've played, the way they played. Three and one record. Cincinnati finally getting the new win. And hey, anytime you get a new offensive coordinator, what's he gonna say? Oh, wait, you're gonna trade you're gonna sign me right now? And we have the Browns coming up. Fantastic. So the Browns make any offensive coordinator look good. Buffalo's gonna go in there. I got Buffalo. They're hot. They played some tough teams, won some tough games already. And um, yeah, they're gonna put Cincinnati down to one and four. I'm gonna agree with you and take Buffalo on that one. Uh, it's good we agree, especially given your winning pedigree. <laughs> okay, and then the next game, uh, Carolina Panthers sitting at 3-1. and one. Uh, They're going to play the Detroit Lions going into Detroit. Detroit sitting at 3-1. and one. Both teams uh, playing well right now. And like we said, Cam Newton is adjusting. Matt Stafford got the big contract in the offseason and uh, definitely proving that he's worth the money. So great test here for Carolina and uh, for Detroit, who's got a tough win there last week against Minnesota. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to take the home team here. I got Detroit. I like them to stay hot, stay rolling. And uh, I think Cam, he's going to miss, you know, even though he won without Greg Olson last week. But we talked about how weak the Patriots defense is. So I'm going to go Detroit here. What say you, Chris?
4: I'm going to agree. I really like the way on the defensive side of the ball the Lions are playing. Props to Terrell Austin, one of the uh, most underrated D coordinators in the league. And uh, this is a team that just finds its way to win. And while I was impressed with the way Carolina went into New England, I think that's partially a function of uh, how poorly the Pats' defense is. And uh, you look know, too, they, the Panthers pretty much gave that game back to the Patriots. It shouldn't even have been that close or headed mm-hmm. to overtime potentially. So uh, well, I think the Lions keep rolling at home.
2: Yep, there we go. And why don't you break down the next game for us there, Chris? Sure. So game number three on our docket, we have the part of me is my
4: experience technical difficulties the seattle seahawks you're not hearing this incorrectly one and a half point underdogs heading into the coliseum to play the resurgent <clears throat> la rams we know uh, historically over time the rams have played the seahawks tough at uh, rams actually beat them there last year in their home opener in a defensive slugfest um different teams this year the Seahawks defense, not as intimidating as it once was. They've had struggles on the offensive side of the ball, but apparently when you play the Colts, that, that fix a lot, uh, fixes up a lot of your problems. Um, right. you go out on a limb here, You know, I've got a lot of Rams fans uh, listening to the podcast and watching us. I like the way they're playing, and I like the fact that they always seem to have at least one game a year where they sneak up on the Seahawks. Even though they're a favorite, and that gives me a little bit of room to cringe, I'm going to pick the Rams to win this game. I think McVay knows how to call a good game. Uh, I also think that the Rams' defense is, is poised for a turnaround, especially with uh, Wade Phillips' 3-4. Let's face it, Aaron Donald's kind of working off the rust. We haven't heard a lot from him yet, and uh, I think this could be the week where he gives Russell Wilson fits and the Rams chug along in the great success story of 2017.
2: Yeah. Uh, you could be right on the money. And also we know that the Seahawks have uh, offensive line problems. Uh the Rams have a quick front seven there. I think they would probably feast on that. And also I think if the Rams were gonna fold under pressure, it would have definitely been this past week against the Cowboys on the road with Dak and Zeke on the other side in Jerry World. And they have actually they were behind early. They came back, they they played tough. And the playmakers made plays. I just like the way the Rams are rolling right now. And like we've talked about a couple of weeks ago, I saw golf get into a rhythm against San Francisco, even though you could say it was just the Niners, but I saw something different. He continued it last week. And Hey, this week I got to go with the Rams also.
4: Uh, I like it, Charles, you know, and just for full disclosure, we do not discuss our picks beforehand. This is pure coincidence. I am not gravy training off of Charles by any means. <laughs>
2: All right, so then uh, next game we got here, uh, Green Bay Packers. Packers sitting at 3-1, going into Dallas. Dallas at 2-2. The Packers, we know about their injuries. Uh, Brian Balaga and uh, Bakhtiari on the other side, the two starting offensive tackles have battled injuries. Uh, Don't know, you know, even if they do play, are they at 100%? Are they at 90%? Who knows? All we know is they're healthy enough to get on the field. And then Dallas, which is... Dallas, I think they're going to be feeling some pressure now, and now we're going to see, this is one thing that Dak and Zeke didn't have to face last year because they got out of the gate so quickly, but now here they are at two and two, maybe feeling a little bit fragile, and they're facing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, so a tall order, I think, for the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the experience of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He's been in these situations who knows how many times and has come out uh, on the winning side, so I got to go with the experience of Rodgers versus the inexperience of Dak Prescott on the other side. Uh, I'm going Green Bay Packers here, even though uh, they are a two-point underdog.
4: Yeah, completely agree with you. For whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers seems to love to feast on the Dallas secondary. While well, he's got injuries, I know uh, Devonte Adams took a wicked hit on Thursday night against the Bears. Was in the hospital. You know, someone like a Geronimo Allison steps up. You know Ty Montgomery's banged up. Right. Guy, you got you uh, got rotation coming out of the backfield to step in for him. But at the end of the day, yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't think either defense on on, on of these teams are stellar, but I just I really think Rodgers will win this game on his own, like he did in the playoffs in January.
2: Yep, there we go. And then uh, so that's four of the five games we're going to break down, Chris. For the fifth and final game, it should be a doozy. Ah, uh, break it down for us. On paper, another excellent
4: Sunday night football matchup. The uh, K- Kansas City Chiefs, the lone unbeaten team in the NFL, head into Houston. They are uh, the the Texans are underdogs again at home. That was my gambler's delight pick last week. This week, they're getting one point from the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> hard one. I've been going back and forth. You know, I really like the way Deshaun Watson's been playing. He's exceeding my expectations. Will Fuller's back on offense. Um it's spreading the ball around. Lamar Miller sighting last week. I know as rare as that is, they really beat up on the Titans. But for whatever reason, uh, watching the Monday night game, I like the way the offense is running. Andy Reid's incorporated this pistol, as we talked about. Kareem Hunt right now, favorite for rookie of the year. And uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, watch for Justin Houston. He doesn't get a ton of talk nationally, but He's a ferocious defensive end. I think he could cause problems for Watson. Uh, I think this is going to end up being an excellent game. By no means do I think it'll be a shootout. I don't think it'll be as ugly as the Bengals-Texans Thursday night game from a few weeks ago. (laughs) uh, I just think the Chiefs have momentum on their side, and they pull out a close one.
2: You know what? I think this is going to be the first time we disagree. In fact, I'm sure of it. I'm going to go with Houston on this game. Uh, you know, you talk about Justin Houston on, on one side, but then we look at the Texans. we got to remember uh, they got a quick front seven up there, even though Brian Cushing is suspended for uh, who knows how long. I think it was ten games, but he's not going to be playing. But I like the way Houston's playing. What's that? Well, it be eight right? Yeah. <laughs> but I like the way Houston's playing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, again, the confidence growing uh, week after week. You know, he can win close games, win the shootouts. um, I like the way they're going, and uh, it's going to be a good game. All you Chiefs fans out there, i got a few friends that are Chiefs fans. I'm not dissing your team or anything like that, but I'm going with Houston in this one. It's about time we disagree, Charles. Okay, there we go. So those are the five games that we're picking this week. So now let's go ahead and get into uh, the Gambler's Delight section. This is for a lot of people. Some of you might be in Vegas this weekend. And maybe you got twenty dollars in your pocket. You're hanging out with the sports book. You wonder what you should place it on. Well, here we got some advice on maybe one of the one thing, the one football bet you should make. Uh, Chris, you're the Jersey guy, so you know I'm going to stereotype you into someone who obviously knows about gambling and let you go first on this one.
4: You know, it, well, let's let's be clear here. The reason you bring that up is because the state of New Jersey's in the news with a Supreme Court case uh, fighting for the right to legalize sports gambling in my fine home state. So. You know, well, enough, enough the, enough with, I yeah, enough with the innuendo, but I appreciate that you're a man of current events and bring up New Jersey and uh, <laughs> what well, remains to be seen if Atlantic City turns into a sports book. But uh, look, there are a lot of underdogs this week that I liked. Um, a number of them I considered picking. Uh, I wasn't about to go to the Texans three weeks in a row, even though I, I do think they have a shot. Uh, essentially, that game's a pick em. game I'm going to pick is uh, a game that – When I look at it, I think no one's going to win this game. It's going to end in a tie, like one of those awful (laughs) late afternoon games, kind of like the Cardinals and the 49ers potentially could have been this past week. And that's the L.A. Chargers at the New York Giants and the someone needs to win this game, the the Eli Bowl. Um, The Chargers are getting three and a half points. Now, I'm not about to go out on a limb and say they'll win because I don't know who's going to win this game, but I do think it'll be close, and that extra half a point may very well be the difference. I will say this, a uh, favorite stat of mine for whatever reason and how I remember this, I don't know, but thanks to Google, I managed to find this. Phillip Rivers is a perfect 2-0 against the Giants. I know it's a small sample size, but for whatever reason, uh, he's got some bone to pick with poor Eli. So uh, will the Chargers win? Quite possibly with the way the Giants are playing and giving up last-second field goals. So uh, Mr. Koo coming home to New Jersey may even kick a game winner at this point. But regardless, I say the Chargers uh Maybe they fall short again and lose by three, but you still win your bet and everyone's happy.
2: Okay, so uh, Chris, who is perfect on the season, by the way, at 4-0 with his Gambler's Delight picks, and he's going to say take the Chargers plus three and a half. Myself, I'm going with the, uh, the Buffalo Bills plus three in Cincinnati. I like the way they're playing. It's going to take the Buffalo Bills a long time to get any respect from the gambling public because, well, they are the Buffalo Bills. And that's just the way it is. But this weekend, I think they're going to put the league on notice by getting to four and one. Uh, Take Buffalo and those three points. I believe they're going to win outright. But even if they lose, hey, those three points are going to help you. It'll be a close game. Buffalo plus three against Cincinnati. And remember with Chris, it is the L.A. Chargers plus 3.5 against the New York Giants. Take both of those and you can thank us next week. Absolutely. Okay, so that's done, and now our final segment for a lot of the public here in the United States of America, fantasy football. Everybody wants to know uh, who should you take, who should you sit, what defense do you take, the ins and outs and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over. I'm going to sit back and enjoy. Everybody in fantasy football land, get out your pen and paper, take notes. Here comes Chris Lardieri with some great wisdom derived from his many years, many, many years of playing fantasy football. Take it away. Thank you,
4: Charles, as wise as I'm alleged to be. uh, Last week, I told you pick up Deshaun Watson. He had a phenomenal week. Did I do it? No, I had to keep a roster spot because uh, Doug Martin's coming back from suspension. I need your kids Rogers to play in his place. But uh, uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I will say in that vein, if Doug Martin's out there, pick him up. You know, I think he really ran well in the preseason Mm-hmm. You now now he's coming off this suspension, I think he'll be well rested. Keep an eye on him, especially headed into this uh this week's Thursday night affair with the Patriots and their poorest defense. um look a fantasy football player's worst nightmare is upon us. the bye week. never mind injuries. you now need to <laughs> play. you log in and you realize, oh. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are on by. What am I going to do? Drew Brees is on by. Well, it's time to get out there and look for some waiver wire picks. I don't want you to just focus on this week. Start looking forward a couple weeks. Alvin Kamara, who I mentioned earlier, you're going to get sick of me saying his name. I think he's going to really emerge as a fantasy football uh, running back on your team eventually this season. And it may very well happen starting this past week. He's on by. He's going to be sitting out there. Pick him up if you've got a roster spot. You can start him the rest of the year. So look forward a week or two. Start anticipating who's on by, who slipped through waivers. If your kicker is on by, just start rotating them. Don't don't keep an extra kicker on the bench. At this point in the season, it's not worth it. They're a dime a dozen. Um, in terms of specific names, this week you need to stream a, a quarterback, which I may need to potentially with Marcus Mariota's hamstring injury. Look, pains me to say this. Eli Manning against the Chargers could be a good play. Same with Andy Dalton. Look, he's, he's thrown a couple of touchdowns each of the past few weeks. He's a good guy to plug in. If you need someone, if uh, Jared Goff's still out there. I think really that's kind of become a popular waiver wire pick. Go get him. I mean, I know they're playing the Seahawks, but he's been putting up points the last few weeks. And then finally the dreaded injury, you know, Dalvin cook, we're very high on headed into right. this season. Unfortunately, Torres ACL is done for the year. Two popular pickups are going to be Latavius Murray, the former Raiders now with the Vikings. And, uh, the venerable Jarek McKinnon, who always seems to work his way into the Vikings lineup, they're going to be popular. I mean, don't go out of your way to get them unless you've got you've got uh, you've got Vikings issues and you need a running back, or you know, um, there's really no one else out there for you. But those are going to be the popular pickups. There are other guys out there. I mentioned last week Dante Foreman out of the Texans. He could be a guy that you stash. I know Lamar Miller's playing, but that's a guy who's getting more and more touches every week. Wendell Smallwood with the Eagles, we mentioned last week, did well against the Chargers. So guys like that you want to look for. And then finally, uh, like I said, keep an eye on those, those bye weeks. They're really going to kill you. You don't want to be looking the morning of a game and saying, oh, there's no one out there for me to pick up. So don't just look this week, scroll forward. I can't reiterate that enough. Don't stash a defense or a kicker on your bench ever if they're on bye. That's my final thought for you. You will thank me. So just because someone was a good defense one week doesn't mean they're going to do it every week. Other than the two thousand Ravens and the eighty-five
2: Bears, they're not worth holding on to. That's all I got for you, Charles. Good luck. <laughs> there you go, and remember, everybody, uh, follow Chris on Twitter at Chris L Sports at C H R I S L Sports. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Inside Sports, and we're about ready to sign out here. Chris, uh, any final words for everyone? Look, I
4: know people are going to get tired of me saying this, but I've got to talk about my good buddy and yours, the Kendall Roger Goodell, and how he's completely bungled this San Diego to LA move of a once popular and proud franchise. The logic of it was, well, they're going to play in this intimate twenty-five, twenty-six thousand-seat soccer stadium, and it'll be good. Well. When you double or triple the ticket prices and charge $100 for parking just to make up for the 30 or 40,000 seats you don't have anymore, Spanos family, I'm talking to you, it's going to backfire on you. And it's now turned into what we saw towards the end in San Diego, where the visiting team is an advantage. Well, now the visiting fans are pretty much taking over that stadium to the point where Philip Rivers called a timeout at one point. Um, this thing was completely bungled. If they were going to move, you know Spanos wanted to move. He was all about the money. The league wanted a relocation fee. I think it's a bunch of BS, but you know what? It was going to happen anyway. The wheels were in motion. Why not let them finish out in San Diego like the Raiders are doing in Oakland? This is a colossal failure. And Charles, we've been saying for two years, there aren't Chargers fans here in L.A. There are some down in Orange County or areas that border closer to san diego but not a big fan base a lot of people here root for the rams and the raiders or even the 49ers or for whatever team from wherever they move from back east or the midwest this is really really going to be an issue for the nfl i mean can you imagine what the raiders chargers game on new year's eve is going to look like good job roger
2: (laughs) yeah i just think that with the with the whole movement i heard about the Initially, the Raiders and the Chargers wanting to move the natural thing to, and I think the Raiders would just for the record, I think they'll be fine out in Vegas because it's an easy trip up to 15 from uh, from here in Southern California, and they got a big fan base here. But you got a sparkling new stadium, you would think Rams Raiders share that stadium, and then the Chargers move to wherever they move to. But anyways, hey, what do I know? Maybe when I have a billion dollars, I'll understand these really uh, ridiculous decisions that are made. Well, if you follow my Gamblers Delight picks, you're well on your way, right, Charles? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Remember, uh, follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. Follow Chris on Twitter at Sports. And for Chris Lardieri, this is Charles E. Smith Jr. signing off. Thank you for watching NFL Football Talk. We'll see everybody next week.
4: Brink here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah.
1: To, to us, people that can feel things, it it, uh, it hurts.